0: Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He's got it. It's good. It. So they have like two-handed flush from Ricky Griner. Swing out. they got to put him up. They don't use it. And yes! The Looper have done it!
1: Spades. Ah! Season for Texas—they finished 34 and 0, the number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. And the first NCAA... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm your host Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this fine morning? Good man. How uh
0: how's the weather over there right now? We're in long sleeve territory. I yes. got my UTEP miners on. Oh, so. uh, I got
1: bandera bulldogs on. Oh, <laughs>
0: reppin', reppin our boy Brady Keen over here.
1: Shout <laughs> out Brady Keen, man. Yeah, no, it's it's long sleeve weather over here too. I was telling my dad, I think just like the whole like Texas, Louisiana, Alabama region, I think just got hit with like a whole cold front type thing where it's like yeah. 70, 75. It's great.
0: Nice. All right. Well, first of all, I need to figure out how to get some Bandera Bulldogs gear too, because I don't know how how you're rocking something. I I ain't got no gear. What's up with that, man?
1: You just got to move out of state, and then he feels bad, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll send you something." <laughs> okay, that's that what happened? He didn't get it till you moved out? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't get it till I moved. I coached I coached this <laughs> whole summer league team. I didn't get anything. <laughs> I didn't get anything. Coach his JV summer league team, and all I got was a pat on the back, but. You know, leave and there you go. Get a long sleeve. But shout out to Bandera Basketball, um, which is which I guess is a good segue for um, the the progress of the magazine. If you want to yeah. talk about that, just how how it's coming, I I I'll get into the, my Conference USA section after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's been it's been really cool. Um, everybody's most we got most everybody back that's been contributing. Um, one of the things I can tease that we have our first uh, high school future story. Uh, typically, we only do uh, recruiting. Uh, girls and boys basketball recruiting story um and this year we're adding an actual uh, high school feature so that's one of the things we're adding this year we're also adding a 40 under 40 for uh both college and high school coaches so that'll be something that'll be one of the uh new things we actually announced probably on this show um we're looking to reveal the cover october 11th i hope i have that date right and yeah it's been coming along man just been chugging um I'm writing some more uh, stuff than I usually have in, in the past. So um, I, I've actually really enjoyed that. Uh, we got our, we officially got the cover this week. Um, we've had it shot for a while, but we just got the uh, design and everything back. So it looks dope. I'm excited to see, it. I'm excited to, to reveal it. Um, but we're just trying to get some uh, last uh, last minute stuff done. So.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I did the Conf say section of it, which mm-hmm. Obviously, is you know North Texas, Rice, UTEP, UTSA. Uh, I think yeah, those are our four Texas teams. Yep. And uh, without giving away too much, I'm just I'm really interested, especially on the women's side, just because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of potential with UTEP and North Texas, especially to have those kind of years, those opportunities. Now that Rice is a, a little rebuilding, I think I still think Rice is going to be good, but with Rice rebuilding a little bit, the the there's at least. A path for North Texas mm-hmm. and UTEP to, you know, take their shot and, uh, you know, maybe make a run in this. But we get into that in in the in the magazine as well. Uh, I give my uh, projected Conference USA standings in there, which I think will be interesting to people uh, to get to know the conference better. And mm-hmm. then on the men's side, it was uh, interesting because it's it's a year where the Conference USA West for those who've been following Conference USA know you know, UAB and La Tech are going to be really, really good. So it's like, where does UTEP, Rice, North Texas, how do they kind of compare to them and how can they, uh, you know, steal, you know, all, they, all you have to do is make a run in the tournament, right? That's what North sure. Texas did last year. You know, Rice in, or um, UAB and La Tech finished above them in the standings, but the whole time we knew North Texas was capable. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of building that trust and building that foundation, especially for like a UTSA and UTEP uh, programs and then rice returns a lot so i'm interested to see how they how they play as well one thing that i thought was really interesting and i'm not gonna give it away here but mm-hmm. uh is, is you have me do the top five texas players not playing in texas and that yeah. required a good amount of of research <laughs> I, let's just say i spent a couple of nights on on the on the men's and then the and the women's ones because it was like I, I was so scared of missing somebody the whole time it was yeah, like all right we that was something we did and then who else is after that right
0: we we like i like to That was something we do in the in the football magazine where we we look at players when we cover conferences or whatever we look at players that don't play for texas because typically if there's a conference that has a texas team or something or or something they have that conference recruits texas obviously and so it gives us an opportunity to shine a light on some players that we're not going to hit on because they're not playing for UTAP or, you know, Texas or whatever. Um, but they're probably doing good. They're probably doing work. Right. Like it, it, it's weird to me how, like, you know, how essentially we wouldn't talk about a Tyrese Maxey, right. Cause he played no. for Kentucky, but it's like, okay, well, this is, this would be a chance to highlight somebody like that. Somebody like a, um, I'm trying to think of like a uh, Davian Collins who went to Atlanta high school and now plays for Kentucky. So it, it will give us a chance to highlight those type of talents um, and we did it in football. And so like, that's, that was kind of one of my goals when I was doing the football magazine this year. I was like, ah, this is, when I because I did the Sunbelt preview for the football. Um, and so when I was looking those players up, I was like, ah, this is something that's really easily translatable to basketball, especially because Texas is uh, becoming a, a, just a heavily recruited basketball state in addition yeah. to football.
1: Yeah. No, especially like the DFW area, Houston area. I mean, those things are that the the women's top five might be better than the men's top five. Like obviously you have drew Timmy there. Who's like, all right, yeah, he's great. But I mean, that women's top five was tough. Cause then I had four honorable mentions after that. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know if I can leave her out. And Mm -hmm. that was, uh, that was, that was tough, but that was a fun exercise though. That's for sure. I, I feel like I, I didn't miss anybody. So that's what I'm happy about. That was my only concern. Because <laughs> I, I, I went like 9, 10 deep on both sides just to nice. make sure.
0: Just to make sure you got some.
1: I was like, here-ish, you know, if you want to swap out this one for that one, you can do that. You know, you're the man <laughs> in charge, but here you yeah. go. Um, But yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll continue to get more into the magazine as the uh, release date and the covered release date approaches. But until then, um, we're going to have you all covered with some, in- some fun stuff on the podcast for, for this week and the coming weeks until we start getting into full preview mode. And so I don't think we have any like breaking news or hard news or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, really. But we have a couple games here. First one we're going to do is on the spot. And it's something that I just made up and I texted Ish the, the topics like two minutes before we started. So <laughs> refreshing his head. The first one, uh, we'll talk men's basketball first, and then we'll shift to women, uh, women's basketball on, on the last one. On, but on the men's basketball side, more improved Texas Tech or TCU-ish? Who are you taking?
0: Ooh, more improved Texas Tech or TCU. So I think I'm going to go Tech because okay. I don't think it's that much to – I think it helps keeping uh, Coach Adams and coaching, keeping that system in place. And I think what they brought in slash kept from last year is it fills a lot of a lot of holes, I think. Uh, you bring in somebody, obviously you mentioned Bryson Williams, you bring in somebody who, uh, kind of a force who hasn't, that type of player hasn't really been at Texas Tech in a while. We mentioned that before, uh, scoring inside presence. You bring back... Obviously, Terrence Shannon. You bring back Kevin McCuller. You you have uh, Marco San Marcus Santos Silva. Yep. You have these guys who I think fit what you want to do and maybe fill some holes better to me than TCU, who add some interesting pieces. Right? I mean, Michael Peavy played for obviously played for Texas Tech. Uh, you bring in somebody like a Shahada Wells for you from UTA. I think Jacoby Coles is going to be a good addition, uh, former Den Geyer guy, but. I don't there's just so much so many question marks to me with TCU heading into this year than with Texas Tech I think Tech there's a better chance that Texas Tech is just as good as they were last year maybe even slightly better with some continuity than TCU
1: yeah the continuity is the big thing here because I think Texas Tech is just going to be able to defensively stay in games and everything and I think their their ceiling is a bit higher than last year because I feel like last year they were kind of a a low stealing team in a lot of sure, ways. Sure. And so when you look at this roster, I mean, you mentioned Bryson Williams. I think Kevin O'Banner from uh, Oral Roberts is a big mm-hmm. addition for them in the front court. So O'Banner and Williams there gives them a nice scoring punch in the front court. Uh, Shannon back is huge. I think he's going to get better uh, McCuller as well. I think he's going to improve. And then I think on the bench, it helped that I was able to cover TCU for like a month during the off season. So I was doing like player uh, previews for them on the basketball side. And so like uh, Sidar, I can't, I don't know if I can say his name, but Sardar, uh, Sardar, I'm going to say Sidar Calhoun mm-hmm. um, transfer and Adonis arms transfer. Uh, those are both guards that I think are really going to help them scoring wise. And this could be like one of the better scoring Texas tech teams that we've seen in a while. So with that being said, and this was a team that what finished seventh in the bit in the big 12 last year six right. i don't know uh, really? some, some one some, two three four five six 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 yeah. in the big 12 last year i think that there is a real possibility that they jump to the top four pretty i think there's a really good possibility for that tcu i think talent wise and this is what made it tough for me and that's why i asked it because talent wise i think tcu is going to be significantly better than last year hmm? but it's putting it together that i don't yeah. know because like shahada wells is kind of a ball dominant, score first guard. Mike Miles showed was really good in Team USA this this off season, but like those two playing together is gonna to interest me. Then you got and you add Emmanuel Miller from AM. and You're like, all right, he's really good, but then you go, all right, he has to play next to Chuck O'Bannon and Micah Peavy, Jacoby Coles, and it's like, hey, the up the 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 upside of this team is really high. Like, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say really high, but I think they can you know make some noise a little bit in the Big Twelve. Sure. I think so.
0: I think, I think you look at, um, I was looking at the standings too. And I I have one other transfer I forgot to mention was Davion Warren for uh, who was from, from Hampton who came into Texas tech and he's like a 19 point per game score, you know, it's Hampton, but still, you know, that shows somebody who's capable of scoring um, at a decent level, just add depth. I was looking at the standings and yeah, like, I wonder like, so you look at TCU, right. They finished eighth and, I wonder, I look at the teams that were ahead of them and I don't see much room for them to improve. Yeah. So you look at Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. Let's just stop there. Maybe they get better than Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State loses the best player, you know, one of the best players in the country. Oklahoma, maybe, I don't know what they look like under Porter Mosier. Um, probably not better than Tech. Definitely not better than West Virginia. And then I'm not even going to get into to Texas, Kansas, Baylor, because, you know, I don't think there's that's the next level. And so I could see Tech getting better than Oklahoma State and getting better than West Virginia, or at least on par with West Virginia. Yeah, I can't see a TCU maybe better than Oklahoma, but again, I don't know what Porter Moser's team is going to look like. Yeah, But then that's where it stops, right? I, I can see Tech maybe jumping two spots, um in the big 12 standings if they hit their ceiling I can see TCU maybe jumping one or two
1: (laughs) yeah yeah I Oklahoma State was so young even outside of of Kate Cunningham last year they're gonna return a lot and be talented it's like because for TCU it's not just gonna be I mean like I said it's not just gonna be talent it's gonna be figuring out how these guys are gonna play together and it's not gonna be easy to just gel I don't care, you know, if they have two months, three months, four months, how long they have to prepare. You're going against teams that have continuity, Oklahoma state. I think Oklahoma returns a good amount of players. Um, I mean, most of the teams you mentioned that return a good amount of players or if not, and they're adding players like Texas and Mm -hmm. Baylor, they're adding players that are better than, you know, some of the players TCU added. So uh, Big 12 is is you know it's a basketball conference in a lot of ways and uh, yeah not, if TCU maybe was in the SEC or something like that maybe you could have some conversations about them you know being being better than A and and stuff like that but uh, this is the Big 12 and so that's why I'm I'm taking Texas Tech but I do like the talent I at least like the talent TCU added so
0: this is going to be an interesting year for TCU because after this year you start to reach like ultimatum territory with with jamie dixon um for what it's worth uh i don't know if you're familiar with barnific.com but they have their projections up for 2021 2022 and they have tcu basically around the same spot so yeah
1: yeah that's 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 the, what i think the ceiling is for that tcu team so I, i'm i'm really interested to see texas tech really interested yeah. to see them um all right next more likely to regress houston or baylor <sighs> Two final four teams here, obviously, with a good amount of turnover. We know, you know, Houston lost Dejan Giroux and uh, Quentin Grimes. Baylor lost Mm -hmm. their best backcourt. Um, But both return a couple of starters both ways. I mean, Marcus Sasser, Jamal Mark, you know, Fabian White, Baylor Mm -hmm. returns uh, Matthew Mayer, Adam Flagler, Jonathan Chamachachua, and uh, Flo Thamba, just off Mm -hmm. the top of my head. So, who you got?
0: I'm going to say. Most likely, I'm going to say Baylor because I don't want, and I don't want to make it sound like Baylor's is going to fall far, but again, that's the national title team, right? That's the national champions. It would not shock me if Baylor, you know, where they finished last year in the big, they, they won the regular season and then they yeah. finished. Well, I guess they lost in the semis or semis. The quarters. Semis. The semis. Um. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised to see them finish third in the big 12. Um, you know, if thing, you know, their floor is probably around fourth. I think what, you know, West Virginia is always kind of a wild card because they're always going to be there, but you never really know where their ceiling is going to be. Yeah. So like, you know, the third or fourth, I could see, but them still being a pretty good team. I don't see Houston falling further than third in the AAC, right? I think they're going to be one of the top, two maybe three teams in the AC, no matter what um and just because Baylor lost the, the problem with the Baylor is they lost the, that front that backcourt was so talented and so deep that like it's hard to replace that right James Akinjo I think comes in from Ar- uh, Arizona and he's gonna help right but you know 15 point per game score is definitely gonna help but you had 15 point per game score is basically like in like too deep on your yeah, last yeah, year. <laughs> right. Exactly. So like, you know, Adam Flagler now has to be a starter instead of a sixth man, you know, Matthew Mayer has to be a, a starter instead of a role player. So, you know, I think naturally I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Baylor kind of regress more just because again, I think the AAC is slightly down this year. I don't want to say top as far as like the top is concerned. Yeah. I think it's Memphis, Houston, and then kind of, a hodgepodge in the middle and then everybody else versus the Big 12, which, you know, there's always going to be three ish, four ish teams in the in contention. So,
1: yeah, I'm um, this is this is really tough for me. This is way tougher than the last one. Um, because both these teams, you look at them like Houston lost Quentin Grimes, go to scorer, and Baylor mm-hmm. lost their three go to scorers, right? right? So, both of these teams and knowing their coaches are gonna have to start with defense, you know, start with rebounding, start with what they've always been doing. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna trust Baylor to return to that like 2019 form a little bit more, just where it mm-hmm. was like almost, you know, defense, defense almost exclusively, and to right. just bank on that and just like we'll score whenever we can, whenever we will. And I think Mayer and Flagler and company will score enough to win games but Houston I'm worried that I don't know just because of how pivotal Quentin Grimes was last year for them Sasser was so inconsistent I know you had Kyler Edwards but like other than that I mean a lot of these are returners in Tremont Mark Reggie Chaney Fabian White Jamal Sheed Mm -hmm. and I don't really trust them so I think there's a chance Houston yes I think Houston I think you're right with the as far as conference standings go I think that they have a much better chance of finishing top two than Baylor. Um, mm-hmm. however, if we're just looking at I don't even want I don't I don't even want to say a final four run or anything like that, but like Houston making the sweet 16, I feel like their ceiling is like just significantly lower this year. And um where Baylor, I don't expect them to make a final four this year, but mm-hmm. you know, I think there's at least a possibility where they could. Um, reach somewhat of the potential they had last year. So I'm going to go Houston here just because I'm scared of their offense.
0: Yeah. I think that when you lose somebody like a Giroux who initiates yes. so much, because I mean, that offense wasn't pretty, right. But yeah. what they did initiate, it was Giroux and it was Grimes getting, getting things done. And so you have somebody like Tremont Mark who's probably going to be asked to initiate the offense and, you know, he's more of a scorer. Um, and it, 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 when you have that type of player as you're scoring, uh scoring option or your primary score as well as your initiator you kind of want him to be more efficient than he was last year um I think he will get better I think he has the size and I've always liked Tremont Mark I was really disappointed that he never got to play in that state title game um uh because his year was his senior year was canceled because of COVID but um I do I, I am intrigued by what a Houston offense like initiated by him looks like, because I think that he flashed some in the tournament, but he also flashed some of his shot selection issues. Um, and I think that also didn't help. Again, it, it didn't help that Houston as a whole had a lot of shot selection issues outside of Quentin Grimes, basically, or somebody setting getting set up by Dejan Giroux. So I could see them struggling, but I just think that when you look at the standings, I just feel that there's more problems and problems for Baylor because one of the guys that we haven't mentioned was Kendall Brown who comes in a five-star recruit is probably going to be thrusted right into the, you know, potentially maybe the starting lineup. Um, just cause of, I, I don't feel like you can play, you know, uh, Damo Chachua and Flo Thoma together. And so like, you know, you probably have one of those guys come off the bench, probably put Kendall Brown, uh, there and Matthew Mayer at the four or at the, at the three, excuse me. Um, and see what you do there. Maybe at maximize as much length as you have. So there's something intriguing there, depending on how quick he gets up to speed. Um, but I think that I just like the top of the Big Twelve a little too much, to where Baylor just going to be hanging just outside of that. Yeah. I think that they'll they'll be that team that up that that knocks like you know you mentioned 2019. I think of that Kansas game, right, where they just completely shut things down and like they. I think they're going to have some games like that potentially, but. I think when it comes to consistently punching up and dominating the lower teams, dominating the mid tier teams that they did the past couple of years, I think that's going to be where it changes a bit.
1: Yeah. And I think these are two top 25 teams. Um, I'm just, I mean, you look at Houston's, I was just scrolling through the, you know, the last four years basically. And it's just like, all right, number 22, number 12, number 23. And then last year, number three. So it's like, it's, it's a, great program over there and so I'm interested to see how they adjust and how they continue to I'm gonna go out on a limb again say Marcus Sasser is gonna have uh, a really good year uh hope I think off ball he's gonna be really really good and then you know when he gets on the ball a little bit more this year I'm excited to see it all right next who are you taking right now better team if they played at this moment obviously um what are we a month before the season even starts? So they, they yeah. don't even know what they look like, but we're <laughs> going to guess, uh, you or rice. Who, who do you
0: give got? me you tip? Give me you I'm saying because, and it's not just cause I'm wearing the shirt or that we yeah. had, uh, yeah. it's yeah, not just, just a
1: trip over there to El Paso. Rice. Right?
0: not cause I just took a trip to El Paso, picked up a minors basketball shirt or that we had Joe Golding on, but I think, I don't know. I think that what they have and their problems last year I just think Joe Golding solves that. Right. I think that you had a team that freelanced a lot that relied, tried to rely on just like natural talent a lot. And I think it starts there with the baseline. I think they're a more talented team. Right. I think they just have guys like Suley Boom, Keontae Kennedy, um, uh, 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 Jamal enemy. I think they just have more talent in general that just needs more direction. And so, I don't think they're they're obviously they're not going to be exactly the same as last year. Cause you have Joe Golding coming in, who's going to uh, establish more of a defensive identity. And I think that that's going to play in their favor because I think that this is a team that is full of players who, do, who have basically probably since high school have just dominated off sheer athletic ability and sheer skill. Um, and I think that when you have players like that, you just need somebody to harness and, point that in a direction right i think that yeah. that they're they're not players who have typically uh, you know thrived off defense right and I'm not saying they can't defend but just saying they never had to right they're just so good on offense that it didn't matter and so now okay now you saw the issues with that team last year was that they're playing against co- obviously college players who are coached probably coached better probably developed a little differently and you have a guy coming in who's going to say okay now we're going to initiate this guard press and we're going to use our athleticism to uh, our benefit on defense to get in transition. And then you guys can show what you guys are made of. And so I just I don't know. I think from when you look at the fact that to me, UTEP is just more talented in general. Now having a coach that is specializes on the other end of the uh, the other end of the uh, of the court is just going to help these guys even more.
1: Yeah, the, the whole time you were talking, I was debating in my head. So I was just hoping that you kept talking because I don't even know if I have an answer right now. The thing with Rice last year, mm-hmm. and I watched them play a lot, and I watched them play in person at the Conference Tuesday Tournament. I watched them beat Southern Miss. I watched them beat Marshall in the Conference Tuesday Tournament. I shocked them and then hang around with UAB. And so they had a really good tournament. Um, And they returned basically everybody, right? They returned... Their their backcourt, Evie Olivari, Chef. They returned their five starters. They're, they're right. basically their six best players. I think I looked at their uh, um, recruiting, and I think the only I think they brought in like two players, like that's mm-hmm. it. So it's basically the same team as last year. So sure, it's that old you know conversation you want to have. It's like you know you return everybody, but how much is you know how much of that do you want back? And I think sure. Evie Olivari, Fiedler are all really solid players but I'm going to, man, I'm going to go with UTEP. I'm going to go with UTEP. I just don't, I just don't trust them to get stops under Scott Para. I don't trust them to be consistent. I don't trust them. I mean, there's games where they can go out and, you know, beat Marshall last year, but then there's games where they get blown out by what is this? 44 to Louisiana tech. I remember that Mm -hmm. last year. So they're just not consistent enough, and I think UTEP under Joe Golding will at least be consistent on the defensive side of the ball, and they have enough scoring to um, bother them. I think if they played a three-game series, I'm taking U- I'm taking UTEP 2-1, and uh, even though Rice, in theory, has a little bit more continuity, you know, same coach, same team, True. you know, some scoring, you return with Evie Olivari, and I like Fiedler as a player, but... I just, I can't buy it until you show me that you're better than a six and 10 team in conference Tuesday.
0: Right. I think the thing for me with Rice was that the only games, and I mean, like, I know this is just the way they play under Para. The only games they won is when they went off from three. Like that was the only games like, and even the games that they didn't shoot poorly from three, they lost because they couldn't get stops. And so, you know, they're going to shoot 20 plus threes, right? That's just how they play. And I mean, you look at you look i'm looking at the game against old dominion 14 of 42 from three (laughs) and they had they won that one right but even a game against uab they lose by 13 but they shot 9 of 18 from three right so like they shoot they shoot they can shoot but like they need to shoot incredibly well to win these games and when you bring back basically that same roster you know that's going to result in some upsets naturally. Right. When you're decently, yeah. when you're a decent shooting team, I'm trying to look at if, uh, I'm trying to look at their numbers from last year as a, as a team, uh, when you're a decent shooting, yeah, 65th in the country and three point percentage. Like, so, okay, that's pretty good. That's middle, that's middle to upper tier of the country. And so of course, you're going to knock off some good teams. If you just go off and shoot 40 plus a night when you're jacking 30, right. Jack and 33s, but you know, they didn't force turnovers. They didn't really do a good job of holding the ball themselves. Um, and they didn't get stops. You mentioned it, right? They gave up 35.8% from three, right? That's 273rd in the country, right? So yeah. I think when you, again, when I look at uh, UTEP's problems defensively, so I look at they were 159th in effective uh field goal defense, right? I think that's going to change because Scott, because you bring in somebody like Joe Golding, whose job it is to stop that. Uh, they forced a lot of turnovers, which I think that's only going to get better. Um, and they didn't shoot the ball well, which I think again, Joe Golding is somebody who's going to come in and when you force more turnovers, his is his, his, his part of his system is all about getting out in transition. So that's going to naturally help your uh, field goal percentage. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that things are solved a lot easier with just Joe Golding coming in and realizing because the other thing that really surprised me, I think Christian schulen was the, o- and Bryson Williams were the only guys that left UTEP. And I think that to me that showed Joel Golding. And granted, some of them might have been. Yeah, typically, when transfers happen, you know, it's it's a lot of like mutual consent. You know, like a, yeah. a coach is like, ah, you don't really work for me. Players like, you don't really work for me. You know, I'm gonna split up. The fact that he held on to a lot of these guys showed that he saw something there, right? He didn't bring in a lot of transfers. He didn't bring in a lot of, uh, which is something you see. We were saying with Chris Beard at Texas. You know, they brings in a bunch of guys that tries to. He didn't bring in anybody really. And so I think that he saw that this team had talent and they just need to be pointed in a certain direction. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think that UTEP has just far fewer questions that need answering for me.
1: Yep. Exactly. Now let's flip to the women's side real quick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, more likely to make a sweet 16, Texas A&M or Baylor? <sighs>
0: yeah, this one's interesting because of course, Baylor is a new head coach. <laughs> new
1: head coach. Um, team, basically, except for basically the best player in the country.
0: Right. So, but also, I mean, for the first time in a while, Texas A&M probably has the better coach. Right. So, like, yep. so it's, a, it's Gary Blair magic versus just kind of Baylor prestige. And I wonder,
1: man, for me, for me, this is Go just forth. Gary Blair versus Melissa Smith and it's a super weird <laughs> way of looking at it that's right that's right. right how I've been looking at it it's just like I I don't know I I on one hand you got Melissa Smith on the other hand right. you have Gary Blair and I think in women's basketball it's been proven just how much a coach matters I think coaching in women's basketball is just I mean co- coaching in men's basketball too but I mean t- to me this I feel like there's a lot that Gary Blair just there's a lot of games Gary Blair just wins because he just out coaches the other team in a lot of sure. situations here. Sure, Kim sure. Mulkey did that as well, um obviously. Um and so changing coaches is interesting. I'm I'm going to just I'm going to roll with Baylor here. Uh there's it's it's going to be tough, but I think you at least have a foundational point in Melissa Smith that I that I trust. So
0: I that's think it. so too because I I did forget about um Jamie Asbury and Jordan Lewis who are two transfers coming into Baylor. Yeah. Um to capable scoring transfers. I believe they both average about over 15 points a game um, around four, three, four, five assists a game. So that helps a lot of the problems with the backcourt, which was their issue last year, right? was they didn't have anybody who really initiated that backcourt compared to previous years um, to where D.D. Richards had to do a lot of that work. And so I think, I think I'm going to go with Baylor as well, because also when you look at AM. It was a lot of committee, right? And so you you don't have India Jones anymore. You don't have Aaliyah Wilson anymore.
1: Yeah, that's the big one.
0: Yeah, and so you're it's it's you know I think Jordan Nixon will be fine. I think Kayla Wells will be good, obviously. Uh, Destiny Pitts hopefully will be healthy and and good to go uh, for most of the year. So, you know, AM is not going to be nothing, but I think that Nikki Collin. I think it does help with Nikki Collins' prestige coming from the WNBA that she was able to get somebody like a Jamie Asbury. Um and uh, uh I think I think they kept hold of Jordan Lewis. Um because mm-hmm. uh, I think she came in uh later, um, or I think she came in before uh uh Mulkey left. But um I think when you add those players, I think you're okay. I think Baylor's okay to out talent enough people to um make their way there. And the other thing is I don't know if the rest of the big 12 is quite year that uh, quite there yet. Um, I think tech will be good. I think Vivian Gray coming back to tech is a big thing. Um, but I don't, and I think Texas turns over a little too much. So yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think it'll be interesting to, um, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see where that goes, but I think that Baylor, um, uh, i i think baylor i think baylor will be okay let's put it that way <laughs>
1: yeah um until jordan nixon for AM just starts you know dropping 30 a game like she did Yo, the old, she the comes in just like if can... she
0: if she comes in and just starts putting on those tournament performances every watch out you know watch out because that i mean again we talked about that last year that was the issue with AM, was that they just they were so by committee yeah that they just kind of—I don't know, they, they didn't have anybody until she stepped up in the way that she did in that tournament game.
1: So that was this is the only game of the season where she scored over twenty-one points. Just what right. a game that was! I loved <laughs> every moment of that game. So much fun! Shout out to and Jordan. never
0: forget, Justin called that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, Justin did call. Shout out, Justin. Um Well, all right, that's all we have for on the spot. Uh, yeah. Let's let's get to the second. Um, I guess you'd call it game or rankings. I guess we now we can get into yeah. ranking the top 10 men's basketball backcourts in Texas. I have 11 here. So someone's going to get left off here. Yeah. In my mind, I think I have an idea of who, but uh here, let me run through the teams real quick and then mm-hmm. we can start putting them together. Do we want to have to agree on them? Ooh, do, do we have to have like a DCTB basketball or backcourt rankings or did we just do the Bra-
0: brainstorm on the uh, let's 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 go let's go with the right let's go with the a rank, uh, collective ranking oh god that makes it so much more okay i know right let's,
1: let's do it okay so here are the candidates or here's the 11 team pools i guess um smu kendrick davis zach Nuttall, rice travis evie quincy olivari houston marcus sasser kyler edwards tcu shahada wells mike miles texas tech kevin mcculler and terrence shannon Texas, Marcus Carr, Courtney Ramey, and Andrew Jones. Baylor, James Akinjo, and Adam Flagler. UNT, uh, North Texas. Tyler Perry, Marjores McBride. UTEP, Sule Boom, Kianta Kenny, Jamal Viennemi. Texas State, Mason Harrell, Caleb Asbury, Shelby Adams. uh, UT Arlington, Javon Levi, and uh, David Azori. So those are the 11. Um, Mm -hmm. Do we have one that we're just going to put first and we feel comfortable with? Because I... Texas I was gonna say I think it's Texas Texas one Texas I think you just
0: look at Texas because you have Courtney I think Courtney Ramey's gonna be the initiator of that offense yeah I think Andrew Jones obviously is there too and then you add Marcus Carr like I I don't know I think that that I think I think I would have won Ramey Jones anyway even if they didn't have Carr um and so you add just a scoring punch like Carr to that and I think I I feel pretty comfortable
1: if Mm. If SMU, if Kendrick Davis and Zach Nuttall, if they were in, if they were at like TCU or something like that, like in a Big Twelve. If I ha-
0: here's here's where here's where I'm, because i because I'm like I'm just like you, I'm a fan of that backcourt. If we had five games of them together. I just want to know what it looks like.
1: Right. That's my thing. It's like the about the defense when you started talking
0: on paper, I was like, Ooh, this is fun. This is real cool. If we just had five games oh, of film of them together, like that, that then I would have, then I would, cause I'll tell you, I think I have them fourth right now.
1: Okay. I haven't um, even gone through the rankings in my head. So you're way ahead so of me. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm like, I'm like lightly. Well, cause I was like putting together my one. Yeah. So I think, I, I think we agree on Texas
1: one. Yeah. Texas one. Um, all right, the second tier. Yeah, go for it. Because I think there's a tier drop off from there. Sure. So we go SMU, I think Texas Tech. I don't know. Where, where are you going Where at state? that at that two? Yeah, or for two. You, you, for two,
0: two? I think it would be Texas Tech. Okay. I'm fine. I think when you look at uh, and for, you, I think I, I think Terrence Shannon's obviously the guy. Like uh yeah. obviously you look at uh, just caliber of player in general i think that you have to look at terrence shannon next as the next guy but there's also some i mean you know we talk about how much we like terrence shannon there's some projection going on right he's not a guarantee to be the yes. next guy but i think we just anticipate him being the next guy i think he could be but there yeah. is some projection a little bit of projection going on
1: yes i mean there's a reason i mean he entered in the draft and a lot of people thought he'd be a first round pick or late first and he ended up you know, he probably wouldn't have even been a early second. I mean, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of improvement. I think he he needs to have this year, and not for nothing. Think about Tech. I didn't include like I don't think McCuller or Shannon are point guards. Sure. If you look at their roster, and it's literally just six four, six six, six seven, six six, six six. It's like They're I don't know who's gonna play point guard for them. Like, right, right. They have a couple six three dudes, but like uh, Sardar Calhoun is like six five. Like they have a bunch of wings basically. So I'm like. I put McCuller and Shannon as the backcourt just because those are the two that I know are going to be there. So if they add a point guard in there somewhere, um, maybe we'll look back on this and be like, "Oh, we, we can add him." But no, mm-hmm. I, I, that I don't know. Was there any thought? Because now I'm looking at it, Shahada Wells, Mike Miles, just because Mike Miles lit it up in Conference USA, or I'm sorry, on Team USA, not Conference mm-hmm. USA, oh, um, and he was a All Big Twelve. I mean, what third team, something like that, or like All that, Freshman that, yeah. Team. I think they, mm-hmm. I think they give Tech a little bit of run for their money there at the, for the two spots. That's not bad. It, if Shahada bad. Wells, ends I was up about to say, I was about to say Shahada of-
0: Wells making the jump from Sun Belt to Big Twelve is a huge deal, but yeah. I think he's
1: capable of. I think I would, I think I would keep Tech just because I think we know. All right, so we're going TCU three, or SMU three, or you going SMU? You have SMU four, you said. I mean. Or do you have somebody else? Oh, did you have Houston in here? I was about to say
0: Houston, man. I think Kyler Edwards with Marcus Sasser. Mm. Because, you know, with, with Houston, we, we, you know, we, we were asking earlier, like, who initiates with, you know, with Tremont Mark kind of taking. I think Kyler Edwards might be that guy. <laughs> and I, I think, think you could add Tremont Mark to the depth of that.
1: Yeah. I am scarred from. <laughs> know your scar i had marcus sasser (laughs) you had you thought you had him hitting that that ceiling in the tournament i was like (laughs) marcus sasser is going to go off in the tournament man he's going to be the the expected because i didn't think they were going to score enough points to get to the final four but i thought right sasser was going to be the one he was going to start shooting lights out and then he just does nothing the entire tournament and they didn't need him right right so i don't i can't i can't i can't bank on him here while i'm watching mike miles in france or wherever they were playing and just light it up for team usa right i mean i oh that's tough but then you have kendrick davis and zach nuttle here oh my gosh this three spot is hard tcu smu or houston here so you're going houston then smu then tcu because i'm going i'm going to think so I'm going TCU, SMU, Houston. Okay.
0: So then we so, can agree on
1: TCU third, and then we have SMU or Houston at five.
0: Let's go. All right, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, you yeah, know. I'll, I'll,
0: oh man, man. Are we missing anybody? No, I don't think we are.
1: No, there's a clear drop off. I think after this. I mean, James Akinjo and Adam Flagler are good.
0: I mean, I think the next spot goes to. T- I think. I mean, this might be my bias. I think Texas State's in the next spot. Wait, at which spot? Six. The after after we get to after we get okay, these three, six. yeah,
1: so that's six.
0: Because they bring back
1: basically that backcourt that won the Sun Belt. We didn't even settle on who was four and who was five. I know, right? I'm putting so SMU. You got TCU's, uh, SMU four. <laughs> SMU is going four. Houston's going five. <laughs> so we have Texas okay. Tech. TCU, SMU, Houston. Those are the top okay. five. At six, this the man from Texas State wants Texas State. That's a, I mean I it's, think
0: it's Texas. They return a backcourt that won the Sun Belt. Basically, yeah. is what is where that goes. They do, they do. And they do. have they bring back uh, first team All Conference uh, um, uh, Mason Harrell.
1: I'm so, I'm actually cool with that now. Yeah. the, the only thing, mm, who do you have? Who would you have there? Who do you? think? Yeah, no, it's it's. Ooh, do we what do we know about UT Arlington Javon, Javon Levi? So Javon, you know. Le- I think that's a decent
0: backcourt. Javon Levi and David Azor. Um, for those that are that are wondering, um, I think it. I'm curious about Javon Levi because he didn't play great last year for UTRGV. Granted, there was a lot of things obviously going on with that program, yeah. with the, um, of course, off the court. But I do wonder if he can hit that if he can hit that form from a couple years ago. Where he's leading the country in assists and diming everything, I think they got something going. I do wonder. I just I do wonder about that a little bit, right? I think I I would not be surprised to see him on this list, but I think just right now it's okay, I think yeah, Texas yeah. State six,
1: yeah. So, um, mm, I'm just going through these teams right now, and Texas State I I I like the backcourt Shelby Adams. Um, I don't know if. He, we even need to have him on do you think we need to have him like i think yeah i think okay. so i think he's definitely part of that back okay, so harrow asbury adams okay yeah this is going to sound crazy considering what we had just talked about 15 minutes ago oh god here we go what's going on <laughs> i don't i don't know travis evie and Quincy olivari are are really solid players yeah. like really good players like six average 16 and 13 each i mean so combined 29 points between them a game mm-hmm. uh they can just score the ball again no defense not really much <laughs> passing but they are really really solid players here i mean there was a point where i had travis easy probably as like a top three guard in conference usa or top four guard Conference to say like mm-hmm. that's how good he was playing to start the conference play he tailed off at the bit at the end yeah. but those two are really good scorers here. So are you? Are you, you saying Are you dissing Adam
0: Flagler right now?
1: Oh, you're the one that has. You didn't even. Okay, all right. We're going to
0: Texas State six, Baylor seven. I think, think Baylor seven. I think you yeah. go. You had you had to him Flagler. Which, by the way, I, I was looking at his per forty because obviously it's hard to project with a sixth man. But mm-hmm. his per forty is sixteen points a game. You know, I don't think he'll shoot forty five percent, but you know, I think he'll shoot better than forty from the floor. Um, and I. Think we? Can, I mean, like he's 6'8", but I think we can maybe add Matthew Mayer to that as well, that rotation a bit.
1: You cannot. No, I'm not adding him to the backcourt. You're not adding. I'm not adding saying. him to the backcourt. This is where I draw the line right here. Ish, we are not adding six foot eight, six foot nine, probably Matthew he Mayor. He's
0: as a guard. What do you mean? I
1: don't. I don't care. I don't care. We're not adding him to the backcourt. This is coming too right. far. This is, <laughs> this is ridiculous.
0: All right. All right. All right. We'll uh, keep Matthew Mayer off the off the backcourt. <laughs> Baylor fans know that I count Matthew Mayor's guard <laughs> Matthew, Matthew Mayer point forward. Oh my God. All right. So and either way I like Flagler, like a Kendra, I think that was a good addition from them. Uh, they have a really good score out of the, out of the uh, pack 10. So or pack 12, pack 10. Jesus. That was like over 10 years ago. Yeah,
1: um, old. So either way, I think that's, I think that's seven. Uh, we have four spots, three spots for four teams. I haven't even mentioned my alma mater, North Texas. And um I've talked about almost. I mean, we talked about UTEP already, and mm-hmm. uh, we covered them earlier. So we have UTEP, boom, Kennedy Bienemy, UTA, Levi and Azor, um, Rice and Evie and Olivari, and North Texas and Tyler Perry and Marjores McBride. I think hmm. there's a good chance. I think there's a legitimate chance that Marjores McBride might be the best player of any of the players I just named this coming season. Like, interesting. The track record for North Texas. Guards or North Texas players really in their second year out mm-hmm. of junior college has just been like unreal. Like they just take such a big step forward. James Reese, um, mm-hmm. Javion Hamlet was good as soon as he stepped in, so whatever. But you know, James right. Reese. Um, I think there's a comparable, I think he's like he, he's comparable to James Reese, except mm-hmm. he can put on the floor a lot better than what Reese did last year. And um i think there's just a there's a lot of possibilities that he could re- really have a breakout year with north texas and tyler perry for those who don't know which i don't think many people should know about him because i he, only did he's because, uh he's Medea right uh because i covered uh north texas he's from uh Medea, is Medea's day off or Medea's goes to jail whatever tyler perry. oh tyler perry okay i get it now see so you missed
0: yes. my joke man all right never mind move on yeah, what are you gonna old, make you're
1: old man you're old <laughs> um <laughs> i think i remember that when i was like when i was waiting in in uh, in the waiting room for her, like the doctor or something when I was like five or something and I was, All right, don't tell
0: me. All right, come on now. Don't I was tell like, Jesus, that. man,
1: <laughs> right. you know, these references. Anyways, Tyler Perry, uh, he's a really good scorer. He's going to start at point guard for them. And um, he filled it up in junior college. I watched a lot of him play. He's going to be really solid. I compare him to maybe like a, I think he can get on that. Like, I mean, I don't know right off the gates, but I think he has the talent of like a, uh, travis Evian and Suley boom i think he talent wise he's on that level it's just you know will he hit that so you have those four teams and we have to keep in mind i think north texas is going to be the best of those four teams mm-hmm. however i don't know where where do you want to go with this eighth spot? because I, i'm leaning rice you're leaning rice i was leaning utep
0: because i think that you have a sule boom who i think is you know just a just as far as like volume scoring, obviously the best of this bunch. Yeah. Um, not exactly the most efficient, but I think that you have. I think there's still so much untapped potential with somebody like a Jamal enemy. Um yes, Anytime is. you have, anytime you have somebody like that who can handle the ball and initiate, I do think he's going to be the the initiator of that. I think I think it's you to, based off. I what, think
1: I think the enemy point sold me. Yeah. Because I think Jamal Biennemi. I think he could have a have a have a much better year. Yeah. My fear, and kind of like what I said about Rice, is just like we've seen these guys together last year. Sure, and they just didn't get it done. Like they mm-hmm. were just no hundred percent.
0: They all all three of those guys shot poorly, right? They all yeah. shot like under forty percent from the field, which is horrible if you considering what you expect
1: from yeah. kind of that town. We are comparing, you know. Uh, backcourts that are are I think they're all talented but they're not sure. you know at that up at that top seven tier so we are yeah. getting down here a little bit sure
0: uh, I think I would go you because I remember Jamal Bi at Oklahoma who was a guy who was who was counter on the play over 20 minutes a game at Oklahoma right and I just don't think he's been I think his freshman year he did really well yeah. and then his second year he I think he had a kind of a I think devion Harmon also came in that year too so he kind of fell back in the pecking order a bit um, and so I just don't think we've had really a guy put it together, but I think we've seen him go to programs that really do see the talent there. And I think just depth wise, Keontae
1: Kennedy is just another guy who should yes. be a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. To have three is also, I think a little bit of a boost for them. Yeah. Um, I'm called UTEP eight. I'm going to okay. say right now I'm gonna have rice nine North Texas 10. Okay, Rice nine so no UTA. No UT Arlington. I think I need to. I think I need to see. Well, A. I need to see Javon Levi and David Azor. But yeah. um, B. Just based off what you're saying and the stats and everything, I think there's. They need to take a step forward to be yeah. in that, in this top ten. And I think Marjorie sure. McBride alone, I think, kind of gives North Texas that um. That sort of uh, I don't know, authentic. I don't he gives them that level of floor that I think this back will, will be at the very least. I think they're going to be solid. So mm-hmm. the, I, think, of what is.
0: I think one of the things for UTA that definitely hurts is I think David Azul was better his junior year. Um, I think he did take a step back, um, or sophomore year. I can't remember this classifications mean nothing anymore, but two years ago, he was better. Um, two years ago, he was better. And so I did think he took a step back when he became more of the feature player, um, next to Shahada Wells. And obviously Shahada Wells is at TCU now. Um, so I do wonder now he's basically the star guy as far as scoring goes. Yeah. Um, and so I do wonder, granted it might help to have somebody like Javon Levi in helping him. Um, and they also do bring in a new, uh, I mean, quote unquote, new coach they promoted from within. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's just, I think similar to why I don't put SMU as high as I wish I had, you know, five games, right? I wish there was five games of film of these guys playing together, yeah. see how it would work, just to see exactly. I think the balance is there. I think you have a distributor and a scorer. right? I think that's perfect. Um, I think you have two solid defenders, too. I just do wonder what the ceiling of it is yeah. um and granted i think there's some really good backcourts in the state <laughs> it wouldn't shock me that this team that you know these guys get left off in my opinion so yep
1: i mean we're talking out of 24 teams here so um it's gonna be interesting i mean there are other good players and good you know potential backcourts out there that we could have included i think steven f austin um with Rody, Rody Ware is mm-hmm. a good player but like who's gonna be next to him i don't right. know i mean no offense to Texas and M fans listening to this podcast. I just didn't don't think Andre Gordon and whoever else, to, whoever is on that team. I mean, I know yeah. who's on the team, but you know, uh I just don't think that's really going to going to cut it. Sure. Um UTSA obviously is rebuilding. I think um, one team maybe somebody like a
0: Sam Houston, uh DeMarcus yeah. Lampley. Obviously you lose Zach Nuttall, but I think DeMarcus Lampley is in for a ish year. I don't think he's going to have the year that Zach Nuttall did. Um but he's somebody who is capable of scoring, obviously. Um, I do wonder, I don't know, would you count Savion Flag in there? He's coming in from AM. Yeah. Um, yeah. potentially. He did have a down year last year. So, you know, who's what I don't know, his ceiling really. Um, or I don't know if it's dropping down to the Southland, which is still a pretty competitive conference. I don't know if that helps him or not. Um, you know, yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be that that's the only question mark, I guess, as far as that's concerned, is what which Savion flag are we going to get right are we going to get the Savion flag that really had people hoping for something from a last year or are we going to get the one that kind of actually played last year which you know kind of lost favor with I don't know if he lost favor with Buzz Williams or not but just didn't I think he only started like 10 games or something for them so yeah.
1: I don't know yeah we'll see but no so let's, let's run through it one more time um, so did you have Houston at three or TCU at three i had tc with three okay okay good okay oh, yeah, I well, I was I wanted to make sure we had that that at least yeah yeah i i, I folded on that one i, so I would agree to so it's tech okay i'm sorry texas one yes second tier then a tier i think below texas tech tcu then i had smu houston you had houston smu we yeah. settled on smu houston right. um and then uh texas state six baylor seven UTEP eight, Rice Nine, North Texas 10, and then UT yes. 10 11 I'm, i I'm I like that list. I like, like that list. I, I like
0: that list a lot. I think that uh, again, like there's so the, the problem with it is that you have somebody like a Texas who just went and got all the guards, like <laughs> just every single guard, like Devin Askew from Kentucky's gonna be like the fourth guard on that yeah. team. So, like, you know, um, and then you have a bunch of teams like Tech, I think Tech's one of them, Houston's one of them, Baylor's one of them, where you have like question marks about like is this guy going to be as good stepping up a level, right? Like you have question marks about like six men becoming, exactly, UTA. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then you have teams that are kind of unfulfilled potential, UTEP, Rice, North Texas, right? Where you're kind of like, oh, I like that. I don't know how much I like it, but, um, and so that's why I kind of, I'm okay with the TCU pick. I'm okay with the SMU pick because you know, you may not know exactly how it works together, but you know that those guys work. Yeah. And so you know that there are good players, you know, there's talent there. You've seen the talent um, in those cases, you've seen it elsewhere, but I think putting them together is going to, is going to help. So,
1: yeah. Um. I was just looking at TCU's roster. I mean, Micah PV is, is also on the depth chart. I don't think, he's, yeah. I don't know if he's going to start. I don't have him as a starter, but you Know, uh, even if he comes off the bench and gives them good minutes at the two or the three, I think that's sure. that's big for them as well. I'm TCU is another interesting team. I'm just, it's there's a lot of teams I just can't wait to see this this year. So, um, we will do the uh, probably do the women's backcourt uh, next mm-hmm. week. Um, get get into that, or maybe we could do the women's front court. I think there's a Ooh, be an interesting, be an interesting case one. for the front court, it would be might be more interesting. Yeah, the men's but, don't really
0: have that much of a front court depth as or front court talent as the women, so that might yeah. be an interesting yeah we'll talk, talk more about, about that.
1: that we will see we will see but um but yeah that's all we have here for y'all today uh you can follow us on twitter at dct basketball follow ish on twitter at ishmael r johnson follow me at matthew Bruni underscore uh, you can check out our work at texasbasketball.com um, keep an eye out or just uh, keep your ears open for any magazine news we'll have y'all updated on the podcast um, just as the date approaches we'll have more stuff like this for y'all in the coming weeks uh, before we get into the the nitty-gritty preview stuff for every team in Texas so we have 24 teams and uh, men's and women's so 48 teams to cover I guess in uh, about a month so that'll be fun Um, but yeah that's all we have for y'all today thank you for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later